You are listening to the Claim the Throne Blodgecast, and this is me, and this is myself. This is me. Oh, you've got a Cooper's. Yeah, but it's the Helpeakers one, the Mild Ale. Oh, yeah. Because I'm a dad. Nice, man. Yeah, it's pretty sick, because then you can have six of those suckers and still fucking drive home. <laughs> uh, <laughs> many of you are probably wondering, who is this voice? Cabby, you sound pretty weird, mate. Uh, this uh, is Owen prick, prick, prick. Thomas, who has guested on the pod a number of times. He's my buddy, and he is a fill-in member occasionally of Claim the Throne on bass and guitar, and of course, John Deere, and he has a Cooper's Mild. So yeah, I'm drinking a cup of tea, white tea. You ever had that before? Yeah. Used to. Used to do a bit of white tea, but... I like it, eh? I haven't... <laughs> that, was pretty, that was a bit of a delay there. I, I like it, eh? Yeah, it's good. It's good. I wish you could drink coffee all the time, though. Oh, totally, man. Fuck. Yes. It tastes real good. Um, do you have to drive somewhere later? What do you mean? Like, are you on the Cooper's Milds just because that's what's in the <laughs> fridge, or do you literally have to go somewhere? No, that's, yeah, that's what's in the fridge. Oh, yeah. So, it's not a bad I do drop, have some though. red. Yeah, it tastes good. Yeah. It's a, it's a yeah, mid-strength that actually tastes all right, I reckon. I reckon. Yeah. And um, I got I think I've got some red cans around somewhere, but yes. yeah. Wasn't a red can kind of night. Oh, what is that noise? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what are you doing? You're a, This is your first podge through your new Audient ID14 interface, correct? Correct. So it should be super crisp and heaps of pops. Wow. Uh, it should be all right. It's sounding pretty good. I did a little ditty with it and I haven't done anything for a while. Been on holidays for a couple of weeks and been back for a week and just catching up on shit, work and shit. And uh, yeah, hoping to do some more, hopefully soon. <laughs> So, what's the deal with that thing? What made you decide to pull the trigger on it? Well, I had some money and mm. that was probably a key factor, having money. And yeah, I don't know. I've been looking at it for ages and you know <laughs> that I've been looking at it for ages. But uh just sort of seemed to suit my workflow and current recording environment. So, I just went with that and it was... uh I guess it's one of those sort of mid-range, we call mid-range, mid-range interface, do you think? Would you call it yeah. a mid-range interface? I guess. Yeah. Like, man, compared to some of the stuff that was around a few years ago, I reckon it's like way better. Considering what did that cost you? How much? Oh, man. I think it was only 360 360 So, I bought... This is how dumb I am. I've bought three different Pro Tools interfaces, starting with the DigiDesign one in 2006. That cost me a thousand bucks and it was pretty shitty. And then I thought, oh, yeah, all this time's gone by and this new functionality of a new Mbox. So I bought the M, so that was an Mbox 2. I bought the Mbox 3. Didn't notice much of a difference in the actual sound. And then when we recorded Claim the Throne Seminal, 2013 forged in flame i seminal yeah i upgraded to the pro <laughs> mbox pro because it was all i knew really and i think at the time pro tools pro tools was still linked you still had to use an avid interface i think i can't quite i can't remember back that far but i think that was part of the reason behind it because they had the eye lock and all the bullshit and so yeah i got the pro hoping to reamp and the bastard didn't work it had these um six outputs but they were only for speakers and i couldn't get it to actually run at a line level which was a real pain in the ass so compared to those pieces of crap uh i think the audience awesome and i've since had a yeah. little bit of experience with it and man you can do so much with that thing yeah because you can like you were saying because i think you were saying like the big step up in my setup would be the ability to reamp and shit like that and um yeah, I think looking at this, initially we were like, oh, yeah, don't know if it'll be good, hey, brass for reamping. But then turns out you can change your inputs to line level and stuff with the help of that little software, the ID software, yeah. right? Yeah, Correct. totally. 
Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Haven't done anything like that yet, but yeah, I'll get there. Yeah, I think like my comment was like less about reamping being the most important thing because I love how you do tone. You just record, you get a tone from your amp straight into the computer, it's done. I really love that. Mm. Um, I think the flexibility that's pretty cool is to... Or, what am I talking about? The real reason that I think that's a good idea is because then if you're going to upgrade something, you may as well also upgrade your options. And that's what wasn't happening when I was upgrading from Mbox to Mbox. It was just mm. seemingly, okay, throw in a couple of extra preamps. But I mean, when am I recording four simultaneous channels unless I'm doing drums, which is extremely rare. So if you get the ability to do these other little things, it makes it a worthwhile step up you know in workflow if you ever want to go there and then you can muck around with mm. shit like um i was less thinking about guitar and more in your case about bass where you can record a real cool di track and that's how you do bass normally but then if you want to you've got the flexibility of running it back out through you know one of your pedals because you've got a few of them or back through your amp mm. whereas like if you didn't have that option you'd be trying to split your tone before it hits the computer and running it through the amp and blah, blah. So you just, yeah, I like the idea that you can just still plug in, play some shit, and then if you do want to do some stuff later, you've got the option. So, yeah, that's cool. I think yeah. it's awesome, man. It, Yeah, it looks cool too. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's pretty funny. I was, oh, man, because I've been, I haven't actually turned on this computer for a week or so, well, three weeks probably. Jeez. And, uh, yeah, Turned it on and, bro, I was having, having trouble actually getting sound out of the headphones. Well, what's going on, bro? But, yeah, it turns out I just needed to press a little button to switch it to the headphone volume. I was, oh, like, yeah. cranking it up and, like, nothing's coming out. Like, what a dummy. And then had a problem signing into my Skype and then... But here we are. We got there in the end. Yes. And I, I've <laughs> crapped on enough about that I use this Apogee Quartet. And I think... It, that audience you've got is pretty much like the two-channel version of a quartet for all intents and purposes, don't you think? Yeah, I guess so. Because even but though the, the the duet does exist, is that what oh, you're going to yeah. say? Yeah. It does exist, but it doesn't... It's got a breakout cable. It's um, It doesn't allow oh, yeah, you to shit. do... Oh, maybe... maybe actually, maybe you can do reamping your shit with it. But yeah, I, I just like the idea of the audience. It's got this kind of nice little monitor control thing happening and you physically yeah, plug it's in. Yeah, it's a solid ports. unit. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. Nice man. solid unit. Yeah. And, and half the price Sick. of the duet. Yeah, yeah. That's Sick. a big one. Anyway, that's pretty fucking cool, man. So how was your listening party, man? It was good. It was, it was funny. I actually went to your brother-in-law's house for a beer beforehand and ended up getting caught up babysitting your nephew. <laughs> Aaron got bailed up and I was just hanging with Freddie for like half an hour. I'm like, shit, I really got to get down to the Rosie. So I bust down and I'm running late and Cabba is on stage just fucking stressing his ass off and could, because I couldn't get the projector to work or actually the audio from the laptop to work through the PA simultaneously with the video going to the projector. They couldn't split it. So uh, yeah. I went into like, this is what I do for a job mode and just launched into these like few possibilities and honestly, nothing worked. Nothing make, made sense at all. So we would play the film clip and the video would work through the projector. The audio would go through the desk and then it would be just like super low and shitty and I thought, oh, maybe it's impedance or something. But then you go and press play on Limp Biscuits break stuff and it would just work. <laughs> so like every other music file would work, but not these Claim of Throne ones. And then we tried it from YouTube, same thing. We tried it from a download, like the original files we got sent. So I think I kind of thought there was maybe something funky going on with the actual file. Like maybe the sample rate was too much for the laptop or I don't fucking have a clue. Anyway, Whoa. good old Jeremy from Red Empire Media busted down the road to their office and grabbed a TV. <laughs> Just brought it in and everyone sort of huddled around it and watched it with the music cranking oh, through sweet. the PA and running it off his phone. So it was a good workaround. But yeah, it was just funny. I felt super bad that I didn't 
but I wasn't there way earlier to troubleshoot. Um, uh, yeah. So anyway, Alan. that went well. And then we listened through to the album, had a few beers and chatted. Wasn't like heaps Sick. of people there or anything, but yeah, it was nice to see a few people turn out. Be cool. That's that's pretty cool. We, we did that. Did we do that a couple of times with Discord or might have? I reckon, hey, I reckon we had, or maybe you guys before I joined, didn't you have one at 459 at some point? I think we had, yeah, Dakota there maybe, and then we did tirades at the um, Rocket Room or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's right. I forgot all about that. Yeah. Fourth- the Rocket Room one was sick actually because it was, I don't know, I, I think just the location's pretty good. And people were just walking in, mm. paying like a fuck, you know, bugger all cover charge, I think. But yours was free though, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was something but I guess we just put on to entice people to do pre-orders. Like that's where our money would come from. But the, yeah, for sure. the way I figured it is if you rock up there, you probably, you know, if, you, if you're that deep in that you know about a listening party, you're probably going to pre-order the bastard, so... Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, do you reckon? Fair enough. Fair enough. Know. Or, yeah, or at like, least you mean, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. But yeah, it'd probably give you a good, good, uh, you know, listen to it and then, you know, maybe make up your mind whether or not you you go all out for the big order or hold back and just go for the digital download. Yeah. I don't know. It's a, yeah. yeah, it's a funny thing. It was cool. Kind of crept up too. I didn't really... Um, you know, remember that it, I kept hearing about it, but didn't really think too much of it until the day and just thought, shit, all right, pack some clothes and just go straight from work and just chill out. And that's pretty much what it was, just hanging out a few beers. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Sick. It was pretty sweet, man. Um, You're going to Roots? Are you going to go to Roots next week? Yeah, I've kind of got to play it by ear now because we've sort of, we might be starting uh shearing oh, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah we might be pretty busy so i'll have to probably just i don't know there's still a few few tickets left so i don't know if it would sell out I'm not sure if that's the mm. sort of show that would fully sell out like if it was the original sepulture sepulture lineup it may sell out but yeah if it's just max and igor don't know why mm. I know, I know the bottom level of the Astors sold out, but yeah, they're still like the top levels all all open for business. But yeah, I'll just have to play it by ear. Be pretty cool. Bit mm. of a bit of a life changing album <laughs> for young Owen Thomas. Was it really? Yeah, yeah. Well, like I, don't know, I think it was in in year nine, and um, it was sort of the first time I heard something kind of like that heavy. Because I was pretty, I had a, led a pretty sheltered life. Listened to uh, Rage Against Machine and Red Hot Chili Peppers and shit up up until that <laughs> point. Maybe Pennywise. Yeah. So I heard that a dude showed me, man, you got to check this shit out, bruz. <laughs> and uh, it was yeah, it was sick. And we were just we're on we're on school camp and we were just like rolling around, just like busting out roots everywhere and getting the. I think it helped me actually develop a bit of the old gutturals, but um which is pretty hilarious without hurting your hurting your voice hurting your voice box so that was that was cool but yeah yeah definitely yeah. like it was pretty it was pretty pretty awesome album um definitely got a lot of airplay that one man people were so into sepultra seps bro uh <laughs> in school <laughs> and all the like rebellious kids walked around with roots t-shirts or you know the cooler ones had chaos the t-shirts I never really got into it too much until maybe later in high school, I think. Not really not really sure why. It was pretty new metal in a lot of parts and that was right up my goddamn alley. But <laughs> yeah, I was more into the wincy, whiny, friggin' Smashing Pumpkins, Deftones, yeah, yeah, corn stuff and whatever. <laughs> um, so yeah, Roots came uh, later. But so did, you know, but- so did things like Metallica and stuff for me. It was a bit later. yeah. Yeah, same. Like, well, I don't know. I suppose, yeah, Metallica was probably high on rotation in the old Amity Hostel in Albany. But, mm. um, and Corn, man, people were flipping out <laughs> like, about Corn when, you know, Freak on the Leash and what is it? Follow, Follow the Leader came out. Yeah. But I sort of never really appreciated, well, you know, appreciated <laughs> that until a lot later. Hey, like, yeah, 
I wouldn't wasn't really huge into it at the time, but yeah, I guess I was more into the probably yeah around that time, probably around the sort of got into the punk and the skate sort of punk shit and surf punk. Speak, speaking of which, I just almost choked on my tea just then. Um, does the name Pennywise come from the movie It, the clown in It? <sighs> yeah, I'm not sure. I could just have a clue, mate. That, I guess. Because yeah, I yeah, went get into it. Saw that yesterday, and how was it? The clown is called Pennywise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. I never saw the original one, um, and so I didn't really know what to expect. And you know, talking to the Miss Bear, and she was like, you know, oh, it'll be a little bit jumpy and a bit creepy, but it's not going to be scary. Man, it was fucking. Some bits were super jumpy and <laughs> freaky and stuff. Like I don't get, I don't get too scared with that sort of biz, but you know the, you know the unexpected shit that just you can't help but just jump. jump. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of that stuff, but yeah, it's pretty cool, man. I'd I'd encourage it, especially seeing it in the cinema because it was so loud and the low end. And when evil stuff was happening, there's the low end was just so awesome. So yeah, it was yeah. pretty sweet. <clears throat> I was actually just saying we watched the finale of Game Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, and I was saying like that that would be an episode worth watching on a big screen. I reckon it was pretty epic. Actually, watching that on a big screen would be awesome if the sound was right, you know, because there would be some pretty sweet low rumbles. <laughs> Do you ever think about getting into the whole theatre room business? Does that ever appeal to you? Eh, not really. Nah, not really. I don't know. It depends how hard it would be to set up. I mean, we watch a fair bit of Vikings and shit. We've been smashing the Netflix. Mm. But, yeah, don't know. I don't know. Well, I don't have enough rooms here anyway. If I, if I had a spare room, it wouldn't be a fucking theatre room, that's for sure. Yeah, I feel ya. I, I'll just ask because um, some of the more modern-ish built houses in Perth just have them on the plans, you know? And yeah, yeah. when I first started teaching guitar, I was given a drum room and it was actually someone's theater room and it, had, it was multi-tiered and it had kind of like gold class-esque seats in it, maybe let's say about eight and a wow. big projector wall. And it's not like it had like crank and surround in it or anything. I didn't ever watch a movie in there, but yeah, I think it's a novelty thing and it just wore off pretty quick and... Next minute, mm. kids are just bashing a drum kit in there. Like little kids, man, <laughs> getting taught by me, yours truly. And yeah, you can't move those chairs and you can't untier your floor, you know? So, yeah, it's yeah. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty wild. Yeah, like, but no, we're in a house that sort of doesn't really utilize the floor plan space much at all. Like, it's pretty old school. So, you know, you probably could have, you could, I mean, with the, with the um, actual, floor space you could probably definitely squeeze in an extra room somewhere but yeah i yeah couldn't couldn't really see it happening eh? unless yeah i would definitely be building a studio over a freaking uh theater room but yeah yeah interesting you know like our buddy tim who's obsessed with i guess we could safely call him an audiophile at this point right yeah 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 i think he's more in the category of like just wants one ultimate listening like set of equipment he's a bit of a gearhead with that stuff and so he shows me all these photos all the time of man people who have changed their lives for music remember the old uh poons head setup he had his little mastering area with his giant speakers a couch yeah. and yeah guys have that shit so they've got like treated lounge rooms with just bare bones like looks like a, a pretty crack den so no furniture and nothing, just maybe like a couple of sitting chairs, two massive speakers or a few massive speakers and a very bare bones preamp and power amp set up and that is it. So purely for listening, which would be, I think, pretty awesome. But like, you know, I think for guys like us, if we had that, it'd have to have some sort of dual function or maybe, maybe I like the idea of if you're going to do that, I would never, ever spend more than god I, I can't even think of the most money i'd spend on speakers not a lot man but if i had like a sick little setup 
I'd have it where like you could have a mate over and like chuck on an album and have a beer. I think that's what Tim goes for, which is yeah. kind of cool. But yeah, you could also use it as like a reference point for maybe mixing or some shit or plug your TV in and then you've got to, you know, watch the new Game of Thrones. You've got this pumping fucking system. Tunes. Yeah. Yeah, sick. I don't know. Never, obviously, probably will ever get around to doing that. But yeah, something on my mind at certain points. So what? So what's the go uh, with this? Can we spill any beans on these songs you've been writing, mate, or what? Spill away. Do you want me to spill the beans or what? Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. So what? Uh, so oh, when you said you signed into Bandcamp, you just literally signed in so you could download a song. Oh yeah, I've or bought all did this. Did you create an artist page? No, I've bought all this stuff off Bandcamp uh-huh. over the years, and yep. I got an email saying, "Hey, um, you've got all this shit. Do you want an account?" And I thought, "Fuck, I don't even remember buying any of this stuff. Like one or two. So I created a, an account just to see what albums I've got on there. And um, yeah, I guess it was slightly misleading because I am doing some writing for something. I don't know what the hell it is. But yeah, it. I guess anyone else would call it a side project, so to speak. But I just call it keeping busy and yeah, using yeah. my time a bit. Sort of like what what you're doing with... You know, you've got a few different things on the go to do a few different styles. It's something like that. Just to fill in my time between Claim the Throne and, you know, use my yeah. gear a bit more and just yeah. just get a chance to do a more serious recording between Claim the Throne records because everything I do that I would call serious is for other people and I have yeah. no control over that. I just press the record button, whereas like... I'm a half capable guitarist on top of being a drummer. And um, yeah, I figure I may as well write some songs and test out some stuff yeah. that I don't have to get approval from anyone else to try out. Yeah. And how sick is it? What do you mean? <laughs> like how, how, how good is that though? Oh, like totally. You just explained it in a nutshell. Like it's pretty awesome. Yeah. You don't have to answer to anyone. Yeah. It is cool showing people and getting their opinion. But at the end of the day, like, you know, you can just tell anyone to get fucked and that's how it is. <laughs> yeah. I think that attitude's almost been um, brought over from Claim the Throne recently because, you know, we had three years between albums and everyone kind of got on with their lives and did other things, did other music, other other bands and moved and fucking all sorts of shit. So we just kind of mm. like did that album just... If no one likes it, I don't really give a shit. You know, if we can score some yeah. shows out of it, that'd be fun, but let's just do it. And then, yeah, just in the interest of staying busy, like surprisingly, actually, um, obviously we've spoken about Jesse having a couple of songs there that she's done. And then I've got a couple of songs, so I'll do them. But Cab has got a whole album, man, of like melodic death thrash written. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is awesome. And, um, yeah, so I'll help him out with that and I'm helping out Jesse with her stuff, just, you know, using the gear that we have for Claim the Throne. And um, Dyson's also, like, I think written almost a whole album or at least an EP of some, you know, grind stuff. (laughs) Yeah, he's got some band going with Wesson actually and it sounds funny. I don't want to, like, give anything away, but fuck it. He's funny, man. So I'm going to help him out too. And I just love the idea of just keeping busy. It makes me a bit more enthused about music when it's when it's just mm. claim the throne. Fuck, I feel like I'm just, okay, I haven't played drums in a while. I've got to get my chops back up. It's, you know, the slog, hey? Yeah, yeah. I guess that's why it's, um, it's awesome to do those kids songs as well. Like I just get them in and they go ham on the microphone. Like, because it, it gets me stoked to, because they're like so stoked to just stand in front of a mic and just let rip with whatever the fuck they're thinking and, talk- yeah. and talking about, like just some random shit. And then it makes me, yeah, r- like, yeah, it makes me want to write a song to those lyrics or, you know, their little, um, I don't know, whatever they're doing, their, their screams and stuff, you know what I mean? It's pretty classic. So, yeah, I mean, that's something something different again, you know what I mean? Like you you have your own sort of... Well, you know, the way I do it anyway at home, have my own little thing going on. But then 
occasionally just to bring a bit of fun back into it and shit like that it's good to have a an outsider's uh influence like you know a six-year-old screaming into a microphone but um yeah that's pretty sweet again because they get a hell kick out of it too i it must be insane for them to listen back to it because obviously i move everything around so it's in time and Mm. makes some sort of sense when they listen back to it they must be like man i fucking nailed that take i rule (laughs) yeah 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 i mean pretty funny it's so similar to farthing wheel that's exactly how we used to do it yeah, yeah. Like Tim would walk in, be cooking dinner, I'd thrust a <laughs> mic into his face and say, what's on your mind? And he would just imitate whatever song he's listening to with his <laughs> spin on it and just talk the most utter shit ever for probably 20 minutes. And then I'd cut it. We used to use a click track actually, but then I realized that, you know, he's not even listening to that at all. And then, yeah, just cut yeah. it over some music and... In a bizarre way, I still had total control of how the thing would come out. And I guess you do as well, writing yeah. everything else. And it's just fun. It's like it's like a cool thing to have it just work. Yeah, yeah. So sick. Like Ollie, yeah, on, on that song recently, he just sounds so... Like he sounds a lot older than... He's only six, man. And he sounds <laughs> like he's a teenager. Yeah. But yeah, just how it all came together and it sort of like the the verse or you know sort of a versey sort of feel anyway it's only real short but it sort of sounded like he'd actually written those lyrics down or something or, or even the phrasing in that like it was pretty classic eh? like so funny and just <laughs> i'm trying to prompt them to say stuff and they're not really getting it and like i was saying <laughs> i was saying to jordan like yeah, I'm robbing your coffin, and then he just started coughing. Like, <laughs> he didn't, yeah, just missed missed the point. Yeah, just started <laughs> <laughs> into the mic, and I'm like, nah, 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 man. But anyway, but it's all good. It's kind of like it's looking cool. at clouds or something. You know, like yeah. it's already there, and you just go, oh yeah, there's a face in that cloud, or there's a dragon or something. Like you just, it just is what it is, and then it turns into something. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's sick because you just write. You know, have a bit of an idea for a song and yeah well i sort of ha- had an idea of you know what the song was going to be and the dudes the kids wanted it like pretty thrashy and pretty metal or whatever so um yeah and then you just slide it all into place and it kind of just little jigsaw puzzly sort of thing which is kind of how i treat everything with that i do anyway you just sort of you're chipping away at it and and um you just you know make all the pieces fit eventually and it's a good little project because you can, you know, walk away from it, come back. It's always there sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, it's good, good little challenge. Yeah, that – and you did that on the audience, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that was so immediately clear to me that you had done it. I didn't think I'd notice it, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I, I'm okay. not saying I don't notice that the bandwidth is better or anything silly like that. It just sounds like the balance was way better, which I'm guessing is probably because you could hear what was going on a little bit more maybe or allowed you to make better balance decisions or something. Yeah, definitely did a few different things on it than I haven't done before. Like actually, I don't know, just EQing stuff differently. You know, like I used a bit of a cheat sheet thing and and that that definitely helped out a lot and just wanted to try to get the bass a bit nuggetier a bit you know the bass just a bit bassier really you know i listen it's the bassiest thing i've done i reckon like and it's sort of it's clear enough and it's not muddy sort of thing i reckon so Mm. well i mean might be muddy to some people (laughs) but didn't you say that the di that's in the audience made a massive difference to the low end oh that was yeah well that was probably a whole difference too yeah the di is really sweet super clear to jfet di mm-hmm. yeah that's that was pretty sick and it was easy to where in the past i had to use that preamp and like leads and shit going everywhere and a few uh, i think i might have even occasionally split it through a distortion pedal as well and had that running into a you know two channels like one clean and one with the pedal affected on it but yeah shit like that like it was just super easy to just dial in a tone and then um i think i just duplicated the tracks and used that uh what is that what was that uh what was that plugin you put me onto that amplifier 
Kazrogo. Oh, Kazrogo. Kazrog. <laughs> Kazrog. The serpent one. That was a freebie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, use that. Use that for the grit. Yeah. And yeah, sick. Yeah, I, I did that little um, the making of on desolate plains last week. Um, oh, did you? Yesterday. Yeah, yeah. It it would have dropped this morning. So on the YouTube's. Like, no podcast. Ah. Oh. Yeah. On making music or on Claim the Throne? No, nah, making music is dead, man. I hate that thing. Um, no, on <laughs> Claim the Throne because Cabba's, he is in the country. In fact, I think he's online on Skype right now, but he's flying oh, to mate. the US tomorrow. So, he's pretty stacked up and uh, he went to, he was actually in Alps on the weekend. So, um, uh, dropping off his dog for, to be baby dog sat for two weeks. Anyway, so yeah, oh, I just... Dude. I'm trying to bank up a few episodes so we can just schedule them while we're gone because I'm I'm off this yeah. week. Anyway, I, I did mention on that it's pretty free form. I fucking hindsight, I think I got a bunch of stuff wrong, but essentially it's just like kind of my approach to doing the album. Anyway, long story short, I mentioned at one point that the bass came out a lot better on this album this time around, but I didn't actually explain why, and I think it's I think it's pretty important to explain why, and that is that. One, on Fortune Flame, I was using that um, Avid friggin' M-Box and every DI thing I put into it sucked. Like, it sucked, man. And the craziest thing, guitar and bass, I'm using just the same, literally the same preset on a virtual amp that we used while we were tracking Fortune Flame. We used it again to just monitor guitar tone this time around. And everyone's like, man, what's this amazing amp you've got? And I'm like, we're using the same guitar. It's the same preset. It's the same, same monitors. Every single thing's exactly the same except the Apogee. That's the only difference. Same lead even, using exactly the same lead. And it just sound, it just cuts through better. And then with the bass, mm. so that was different too. It just like DI'd, sounded like a bass, which was so, yeah. it was so crazy to me. I'm like, oh, that's the secret having something just sound good on the way in. What the hell? And yeah, also obviously the bass helped as well because um, Jim's bass, mm. oh man, I got to tell you, I don't know how your experiences are with this in the past, but I've put in a lot of stuff to get serviced or set up or whatever. And it always costs me shitloads of money and it comes back and it's still crap, mm. you know? And... I don't know, really know what I'm paying for besides for someone to like put on a new packet of strings and for the strings themselves. Because we put in Jim's bass uh, in for a service for Forged in Flame and it came back and just sounded like a fucking bag of buttholes. And then yeah. on this one even, it's a, it's a different bass and I think it's probably better. And I put it in for a service and it came back and the strings were like the wrong gauge. And I didn't notice. I'm not a bass player. don't care. And yeah, we were doing it. It just sounded better. But I'm like, oh, this feels weird. And there was something going on with the nut. And like, everything was weird, man. So, yeah. But it sounded better. Well, it didn't sound any better than when I gave it to the dude. It just uh. had a fresh packet of strings on it. <laughs> and was tuned to B instead of being tuned to standard E. So, anyway. Mm. But the point is, is that the tone came from the bass through the Apogee and that was it. Anything after there, you know, you can work with. Whereas when you're working with a tone that DI'd sounds like shit, like what mm. can you possibly do to it to make it sound better? Like I think yeah. we've been in the same boat and using like R bass or that kind of voice of God style plug-in resonant filters and none of it makes it sound better, I don't think at all. Yeah, I definitely did use a bit of R bass, a touch. I think it's all... It's all, yeah, you got to use it just sort of sparingly. Like with our bass, you know what I mean? Like we we're pretty cranking it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think, yeah, you can definitely use it. And, and I'm looking at my um, effects chain, it's probably fucking huge on the bass anyway, but because it's a bit of a shit bass, but I think it was just a bit more refined than when I used to have the other interface maybe. But yeah, just seemed seemed better uh, it seemed better just plugging it straight in you know what i mean and not having a preamp and all this other shit you know going on the way in 
just straight in and then a few plugins on top of that and it was done you know what i mean like it was pretty easy mm. so but yeah i know what you mean with that guitar setup thing too but remember there was that guy fuck what was his name he was i got put onto him by a guy who was in a cover band that i used to work with at whelan's hmm. Vinny, v- vince deluca do you remember oh him? yeah 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 so yeah he put he put me onto him he lived in he lived sort of just off like Vincent Street, sort of around Beatty Park area, you know that sort of oh, okay. opposite Beatty Park around there. What was his name, man? He had like a beard and shit. You know, he was pretty good because it wasn't through a guitar store or, or a, you know music shop or whatever. And I don't know, he was actually super fair and and you know like didn't charge a fucking dick load. But mm. most of the time, I'd take something in, he'd fix shit. And he'd also go and fix shit that you didn't ask him to fix, sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like he, mm. oh, I noticed that this was this, and but then he, you know, it wouldn't, he wouldn't overblow the, um, you know, the price or anything like that. He'd, mm. he'd just do the job and like pick up a few little bits, you know, that might have been wrong with the guitar and stuff like that. But he, he was pretty thorough. He was real thorough, like you know, filing down the nut and fucking doing all this other crazy shit, and you know, making sure it was all sort of intonated perfectly and stuff mm. but i don't know yeah that's you can do cool. that shit yeah he was he was cool i can't remember the dude's name eh? yeah Honestly. i think i know who you mean god i can't he's got a real recognizable name tim dropped in a is it, the ibo is it like it's like rick yeah that sounds rick. about right rick van rick vandervelt yeah <laughs> something um yeah and you can do that shit at home which i've done a lot of reading on because yeah man why am i throwing money down the toilet on this i wouldn't mind i don't mind spending money on good services you know like yeah yeah but i, I spend good money on equipment i, I don't want to spend you know 10 percent of the cost of the fucking guitar to get it serviced once and then for it really not to be anything more than just like a basic polish maybe you know what i mean they put a rag over where it. where did yeah, yeah, yeah. Put a bit of um. Oh, I don't want to oil, oil, oil the fretboard. Yeah, I don't want to What's disparage wrong? anyone's freaking business or anything like that. Like, who knows? No, nah, no. Nah. You know what I mean? Like, there are a few things that you can just do yourself, and something like in terms of intonation, it might. If you've got problems with your guitar, you've probably got fucking problems. But if you're not getting any fret buzz, but one of your strings is like not intonated properly, so uh, how do you check that? Playing it open. And then playing it on the 12th fret. Or sorry, no, no, no. Using the harmonic on the 12th fret and then actually pushing down on the 12th fret. If on a tuner, that's one of the two is higher or lower. All it is is moving the saddle forward or backwards a little smidge. Yeah, yeah. That's all it is. So if it's a simple thing like that, I'm not going to go spend 150 bucks on it. Especially when you know like, I'll go and buy a new packet of strings, chuck it on. And then you you put it in. You go, hey mate, I've put a new packet of strings on it, but I need this thing intonated. Hundred and fifty bucks later, you're like, yeah, yeah, I've put a new packet of strings on. I'm like, mate, they were fucking brand new. But you know, whatever. Anyway. Oh, so we won't name any names then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't. But I just think that <laughs> there are a few things you can do yourself, and it's important to talk to other guitarists who have sick yeah. tone, and you you notice that they are always in tune and blah blah blah. Where do you get your shit done? Because someone like Busey, man, he's done all the tech work for, you know, Nile and shit and Soundworks tours. And I especially remember Nile because I know those guys are super finicky about their tone mm. and their guitars and stuff. And I'm watching him setting up, you know, Carl Sanders' guitar with friggin' um, floating trem on it and all this shit. And he's at the workbench. And I always wanted to pick his brain. I should one day, actually, pick his brain about yeah. that stuff and how he learnt it because... Yeah, I like that when people just take something that we really should know. Like, I should know how to tune drums better, for example, or blah, 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 you know? Yeah, really, if you're going to be playing the fucking thing. Yeah. You should really know a bit about it. Yeah, nice one. DIY ethic, bro. Mm. (laughs) Speaking of which, what have you been doing DIY ethic lately? Because you get into that a bit. Uh, Oh, um, I'm sort of... I uh, shaped shaped a board a while back. It was all right. I surfed it today, actually, which is why I'm so cooked. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, just just a bit of board surfboard building, really. And uh, how many is that? Just one. 
So, oh no, so I've done two hand-shaped from scratch sort of thing. So from like a block of, a big fat block of EPS insulated, uh, you know, freezer panel foam. Mm-hmm. I, made, I made a surfboard out of it, which is pretty classic. I think it's pretty funny. Yeah, hot wire. You get a hot wire, basically hook it up to a car battery and like, uh, yeah, it's like a sort of like a saw sort of thing set up. But yeah, it's just melts through the uh, the foam and you sort of cut out your um, your templates and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. Then you shave it down by hand after that. But yeah, I've got another one to do in the shed there, and I'm sort of trying to copy a board. So that's going to be because the other ones I sort of just use templates off the internet and stuff like. You can get sort of outlines and shit like that. And, uh, yeah, just sort of watch YouTube videos. <laughs> and um, But, yeah, the ultimate goal is to, is to build a, a wooden gl- fiberglassless board. So it's going to have a foam core and then it's going to have polonial wood on the outside of it and polonial wood rails and then they just actually treat it with lanolin so they don't actually fiberglass it at all. Hmm. So that's that's the end goal is to fucking start building those things, but it's very hard to get Polonia in WA. Um, yeah, so yeah, just been dicking around with that really. Hey, so I've got one last freezer panel foam board to punch out, yeah. and I've been doing a few. I've been repairing a mate's board that he creased, so I just got him to pay me in resin. I just got him to buy me a shitload of epoxy resin so I can do my next board. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. So that sort of worked out all right. And um, yeah, just chipping away at stuff like that. I just, you know, rather than just sit down and watch telly or whatever, I'll fucking go out there and tinker a bit, you know. Um, Mrs. Willing, you know, God willing. <laughs> but um, yeah, goes all right. So Good with, fun. with the bloody wooden board, do you need to get a bunch of tools or like particular, let's say, crafting expertise under your belt like how the hell do you just like yeah i'm just gonna friggin <laughs> form up a board out of wood <laughs> all right so it's a foam core and then there's five mil veneer that is vacuumed to the so yeah essentially you you essentially you shape the board minus five mils of skin right mm-hmm. and then you cut the rails off square and then you vacuum on the skin's top and bottom in a vacuum bag setup, which is like a big plastic bag, and you suck all the fucking air out of it. You glue them, obviously. Put glue on the undersides of the boards, sandwich it oh. together, and you put it in a vacuum bag setup, right? So you bust that out, and then you, five mil at a time, build up the rail band. So you've already sort of got the the um, foil of the board, like the deck roll and the rocker and all that shit, sort of shit's You're already all there. You're speaking such like meta terminology at the moment. But anyway, keep going. Oh, really? Well, I don't know. It's so, so, oh, sorry. So like the curve, <laughs> the curve of the nose of the board and the roll of the actual deck, which is like, if you look at a surfboard, the deck's actually kind of curved along the top. Yeah. Anyway, so, so that's all sort of there, but you sort of suck these skins on mm-hmm. and then... The glue goes off, and then you uh, you glue on um, five millimeter strips along the rails, so you can build up the rails again as a square back out to what you cut off originally, and then you have to plane down the rails to with just like a sharp hand plane. You know what I mean? So it's like real old school, yeah. You know, woodwork and sort of shit. And, I mean, that's all you really need. I mean, I've just got to get this vacuum bag set up, sussed out as well. I've got to maybe get an air compressor and um, change the, uh, you know, inputs and outputs so that's sucking rather than blowing, you know what I mean? Yeah, fucking Sweet. muck around with the diaphragm or something. I don't know how the fuck. <laughs> that's crazy, it's a though, whole, man. It's a, it's a whole thing, man. Hey, it's pretty funny. But the, uh, the whole idea is to one day surf or fucking create one of these fiberglassless boards because yeah it'd just be sick just coated in lanolin and then it's like sealed and yeah they look wicked and they're sort of you know i mean not that i really give a shit they think the planet's pretty fucked as it is anyway but mm. you know it's sort of eco-friendly or something like that which is pretty cool you, you get the lanolin from just like putting a sheep through a meat grinder, <laughs> yeah, I'll right? just, <laughs> yeah, I'll just, I'll just get a sheep and just rub it all over it. 
<laughs> no, um, you can. I think you can buy it, <laughs> which would be a lot easier. Or like, as a mate said, oh man, you just fucking scrape all that black shit off the wool table, eh, and like boil it up and then just like paint it on. <laughs> Could you, honestly? I don't know. There's a lot of dirt there, I suppose. <laughs> you Maybe you could, but I don't think I really want to get into that. I'll just add an extra process to the whole fucking thing. Yeah. But yeah, pretty interesting. Like, after listening to old Hawkins and shit on the podcast and seeing all the cool shit that he's done with your guitars and that, definitely makes me want to do some, some wooden wooden shit. So, I've I've, tr- I've mucked around with it before. I did a balsa decked board. And but I didn't use a vacuum setup. I used sort of just like pressure mm-hmm. weights and stuff. But yeah, it worked out alright. But yeah, not 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 what I want to be doing. I want to be doing the full wood. Get the full wood, man. Yeah, cool. So, crazy. That's awesome, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's pretty amazing what you can do off YouTube these days. And oh. yeah, have it be like one thing that kind of I guess. It's a bit frustrating is sometimes people get cool ideas and they find that they're good at one discrete thing and then they try and just force a business around it. Mm. You know, when they're like that, actually getting good at that one thing is probably fucking 10 years work. You know what I mean? And you might be good at reproducing it on just a small level. But then when you go into any scale of production it becomes like way more difficult. Like you and you and I talked ages ago about doing like sort of micro commercial coffee roasting. Remember that shit? Oh, that's right. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And it's just like, it's hard enough to just like sell a cup of coffee to someone, let alone to sell, to import and sell kilograms of roasted beans on this DIY fucking coffee roasting kick we're on. But you know what I do yeah. every week is I roast coffee beans and it costs me maybe 70 bucks or six months worth of coffee, which is mm. unheard of. Pretty. You know, it's pretty, pretty sick. Yes, yeah, it's, it's awesome. So, you know, it's nice to hear that you're just doing shit for fun, <laughs> like for yourself, yeah. you know, and probably, I guess, like build, build jaws aboard or something. And Yeah, that'd know. be awesome too. Yeah. Yeah. It- I don't know. It's something I've always wanted to do and I just sort of now I'm sort of into it. I'm sort of, yeah, kind of not, I'm not invested in it. It's not like it's cost me a lot of money or anything, but I'm sort of emotionally invested in it because (laughs) every time you build something like a surfboard, man, it's just, I don't know. It's very, it's a hard art to learn, I reckon, but, and I'm sort of doing it just with all sorts of different information everywhere. Like no one's really like, I'm not, sort of studying under a shaper or something which is usually how people sort of get to do it commercially they end up they start you know sweeping floors for the shaper and then they eventually get onto glassing or something else and then Hmm. you know fixing dings and then you know then eventually they you know pick their brains about actually shaping and shit a lot of it's done computer like all accu shaper and um cad and stuff these days anyway but Yeah. yeah I don't know. It's just a. It's super satisfying. Like, and every time you build a board, and you're like, "Fuck, it's awesome!" But it does this and doesn't do that, and there's all sort of little, like, yeah, the board I wrote today. Like, it is good. It's pretty sick, and I got barreled on it, which is amazing. <laughs> it's a pretty, pretty crazy to make your own board and actually get barreled on it. But it's pretty sweet. But yeah, there's just a couple of things that I'd like to change the next time I make one, you know what I mean? And yet, that's the thing, you don't really know how it's going to go until you fucking get in the water with it, so. But, I guess that's yeah. pretty similar to like, yeah, like Hawkins was saying, in terms of guitars, like he's hand building, whereas he could just get some CAD designs and throw them in a CNC machine and just bust it out hell quick. And yeah, 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 there's a certain satisfaction and every single thing he does is unique. It's constantly updating and from the stories you've told me about the boards, it's the same deal. Yeah, and, totally. And you know what's really remember, funny? Oh, sorry, go. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I, remember, I was talking to him at uh, that gig I played. Oh, yeah, Civic. In, at the Civic, yeah. And he was saying that he was he wanted to build a hollow wooden board, which is something I thought about doing as well. But, yeah, that looks fucking pretty crazy. So it's got like a skeleton, you know what I mean? Like it's got hmm. all cross sections, like a plane wing. Yeah, okay insane so insane yeah that a dude here this hell woodworking nut he um that's what i like about the foam core ones is it kind of blends 
you know, both of those things together without having too much of either. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like it's sort of, you know, it's got enough woodworking in there to, to satisfy you without having to go fully nuts on like a mad, um, you know, hollow body construction. Oh, that'd be that'd be crazy. Maybe it's not as bad, bad as, uh, as I think, but yeah, it, would, it looks insane. Like you've got all these cross sections all, you know, yeah, it's like, pretty much like a skeleton and then you skin it you know what i mean like a flat ship yeah if you've ever what? seen a oh like flat packed no sorry i've just went what? to all these museums in maritime museums in europe and they yeah. have the mini models of like actual ships that you know settlers and vikings and shit had and or really colonial style people and you know you yeah. see a cross section of it and it's got all the it looks like a hollow body guitar, but in the shape of a boat. Whereas imagine a surfboard is just like a flattened yeah. version of that. It's got all like ribs and shit, but you, or yeah, an airplane yeah, yeah. wing, an airplane wing is the easiest way to explain gotcha. it, which is way better. Yeah, <laughs> Basically exactly like that. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sick. You know, listening to all these podcasts and, and reading reviews and audio books and um, classic albums and all this kind of shit. I always hear about recording. It's like, yeah, you got to make coffee for 15 years at a professional studio. And then when, um, you know, Michael Jackson walks through your front door, you're ready to just engineer the session. <laughs> and it's like, I play shitty death metal or crappy prog metal or whatever the hell it is. It's never going to happen. I just want to like make, I just want to make a, a recording for myself. You know what I mean? Or perhaps help my friends out. And it, yeah, yeah, it yeah. sounds like that with um, with the surfboards and maybe with the coffees for your friends and yourself and shit. And like you're saying, you, you don't kind of dive all the way headfirst in. It's just yeah. the, a necessary kind of um, yeah hybridization between convenience and modern what modern technology and processes can kind of afford you, and also mm. a little bit of. Um, the traditional art like mixing it together kind of like i guess how we do yeah with the recording is a good example still mix and everything inside the box the modern way but yeah use a lot of the things we used to use on four tracks back in the day so yeah it's funny yeah, it's yeah. funny to see these kind of um, parallels between all the sorts of different shit that we seem to be doing these days mm. it's cool i don't know just get get busy you know what i mean like it's good to have a project and I don't know. Keeps you, yeah. Keeps you ticking. You know what I mean. Keeps you thinking, and and you know, if you can be happy at whatever job you're doing, and and you know, be able to do those cool things, and you know, fuck, it's pretty sweet. It's it good. is sweet. Yeah, no, it's the best. All right, Tommy. Well, I'm gonna go and probably eat some strawberries. What's, What's your album of the week? Oh yeah, good point. Um. <laughs> Oh, uh, dude. Uh, Smitty recently put me onto that Night Flight Orchestra band. That, oh, yeah. I didn't yeah. even listen to that the other day. So I had a bit of a listen. That was pretty cool. And um, from that, he kind of jumped onto this Have You Ever Heard Much Steely Dan? To which I said no. And yeah, he recommended <laughs> Asia. Asia. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. AJA. And yeah, oh, yeah. listen to that. And man, I was actually fucking blown away. Uh, by no what, what's what is it it's away i was blown away by um the suggestion and just the sound of it and the the drum sound is fucking awesome so much about it Sick. is really cool and it's kind of like um i described it as if it was toto but designed more for me to listen to which is going to sound weird <laughs> if anyone listens to that album they'll think i'm a fucking idiot but <laughs> yeah, really cool, man. Enjoying it quite a lot, and I really like the recording songs. Some of the songs aren't quite my bag, but yeah, I dig just the whole vibe, and it's got a bit of a fusion feel. So, next MIDI recommendation is to watch the classic albums on that. So, mm. that will be pretty yeah. cool. So, yeah, yeah, Nightflight was yeah, that was pretty cool. I watched a few of their videos and shit when they first came out, but I haven't really followed it up. But yeah, seemed pretty cool. Mm. So. Different for old uh, Strid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? What have you been uh, cranking? Well, actually, it's funny you say that because I, I suggested the segment and I don't even fucking have an album, man. Like, 
you just been listening hell. to Shuffle Fest or something? Uh, probably the Trolls soundtrack or something. <laughs> <laughs> Get us some uh, inspiration. Oh, mate, the kids love it. Uh uh, well, actually, I started listening to the new Haunted album. That's pretty sweet. Is it? It's got some... Yeah, I like it. All right. I mean, I don't know. I'll give it a crank. I'm pretty, I'm pretty far... Is it? I'm pretty <laughs> far removed from, you know, any metal scene or anything. But, um, yeah, man, there's one song that slays. It's that Preachers of Death song, which Tim would love because it's like a triplet fest. Like it's... Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll check yeah, hey. that out. What's it? What is? Oh, so I guess I'll find it easy enough. Oh, uh, what's it called? It's called like fucking. Let's all stick together and be hell sick. Or uh, <laughs> it's called um, strength in numbers. Yeah, I was oh, close. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I just sort of had that on in the background when I was cruising around doing things today and um, at work, and yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, sick. So that was all right. Uh, actually, actually, that Make Them Suffer album, man, that was not album of the week, but it was the album of maybe a week before, a, a week, a week in the past sometime was my album <laughs> of the point. week. At some point. Really? That was what, pretty what, good, what man. That? Like, what about it? I don't know. It just sounds like they've actually grown up. They just took a took a leaf out of the old Largy book and just fucking grow up. <sighs> they, they just grew up a bit. I don't know. Something about it sort of grabbed me and it was it was cool. Pretty different to their sort of, you know, they were sort of, what were they? Like, I don't oh, know. I don't know. Some sort that of That sort of black metal-y, black metal-y core mm, mm. or something. Yeah, it was, which was, you know, I was, wasn't really that impressed or taken by it really and, you know, no offense to anybody and make them suffer land. But, um, yeah, this new one was... There's something about it. It's sort of got some sort of older influence in it. Like, like I don't know if they've listened to a bit of prog or something Yeah, different going on there. But yeah, it sounds really cool, man. And mm. I don't know. You should give it a whirl with an open mind. And um, yeah, I don't know. It was cool. I did. Um, I don't know where that came from, but it shuffled on at some point one of their songs off their... I guess it must have been their newest one. But yeah, very, mm. very different. It sounded, um, I don't know. But yeah, hard hard to describe. Yeah, I, again, not not particularly my bag, but um, I'll give it another whirl. Why not? I'll listen to fucking anything really these days. It's the music at the old fingertips. It just seems like, yeah, there's a lot, like, I don't know. It was It was almost like, there's a lot less of them trying to keep up with the times or whatever the fuck's going on right now or yeah, okay. what or listening to the bands that are happening right now and being influenced by them. It sort of sounds a little bit like they've taken some influences from a bit further back or somewhere else, you know what I mean? That's what it sounds like anyway. And it and it's got a um it's got a worldly, world class sort of quality about it, you know what I mean? as opposed to just sort of like a watered down version of something else. Yeah, okay. I suppose it's pretty. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty good way to look at maybe. Fuck, I don't know what we all should be doing a little bit. Just Probably. not caring so much about everything because there's so much goddamn music coming out that who just who cares? You know, just do whatever you want to do and let it be that. Be what you want to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna eat the aforementioned strawberries and go to bed. Uh, sick. No worries, man. Um, yes, thanks for coming on. And we are going to play uh, the track by Owen. Or actually by... What? Do you have a group name for this thing? Nah, I just scored it, Tommy the Farmer, featuring Geordie and Ollie. Nice. All right. And yeah, that's the Grave <laughs> Robber track we were talking about before. So yeah, check it out. It's a good way for people who stop playing full-time in bands to just still be doing something. You know, some people just drop off the face of the earth and they're like, that's it for me in music, mate. The guitar goes down and never again. I'm married now. That is it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's always cool to hear that you're still just fucking doing shit because you want to do it because that's why I reckon anyone should do anything. Fucking oath. When you get the bad, it's worth the grind.